Hello beautiful soul, welcome to Blissfully Bloom. I'm Victoria LeBlanc, a self-love and soulful coach, and I'm your host. The intention of this podcast is to guide women to fall in love with themselves, embody confidence, and drop the stories of not good enough. Your soul will awaken to the truth that you have always been worthy. In this remembering, you no longer wait for permission, validation, or acceptance. You choose yourself, and you become a woman who blissfully blooms like a rose, showing the world your authentic self, talents, and gifts, because it's your birthright. beautiful soul and welcome to Blissfully Bloom. I'm so excited that you are here and tuned in to another episode. I actually invited a guest today to talk about how to release feelings of shame and guilt and also how to recover from a divorce and how to really, if you're struggling and going through a divorce right now, how to find and reignite your self-confidence, and how to find that sense of fulfillment with just being in a relationship with yourself and nobody else. So today's guest is Leah Mazur, and she is a certified divorce recovery coach for women and founder of Mindfully Ready. She specializes in helping women release guilt, shame, and feelings of failure so that they can find acceptance, rebuild their self-confidence, and thrive after divorce. She also provides a safe, judgment-free community for women rebuilding after divorce in her private Facebook group, Divorced and Empowered. And I'll make sure to leave that Facebook group link in the description box so that you can follow it. So this episode is for you if you find yourself feeling loads of guilt and shame and you really struggle with processing it. Or if you're somebody who is currently going through a divorce, this one's for you too. And vice versa, if you're feeling, if you're, if you can raise your hand for both. If you enjoy today's conversation, make sure to screenshot the episode And tag me on your Instagram stories at blissfully.bloom. And I will also share your screenshot. Um, And just make sure to leave a little comment. Share your biggest key takeaway or your insights that you had or little downloads that came through. And then if you haven't already, make sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This really just helps the podcast reach more listeners and yeah, helps it bloom. So let's get straight into the episode. Hi, Leah. Welcome to Blissfully Bloom. Hello. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to speak about shame and guilt and divorce recovery today. So I'm curious to know, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has changed your life? That being in a relationship does not mean happiness. Hmm. That is a very good lesson. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like whether we see people's relationships on Instagram or 
and even in public, it could seem like they have it all put together and there's no issues, there's no problems, and they're found their Prince Charming when, like, sometimes it's quite the opposite. Like, yes. you never know what's going on. Yes. I feel like it's just that thing that we've been taught to strive for our whole lives, right? And all of these all of these movies and all these books, it's like the love story, the love story. It's all about like getting that, getting the thing, getting Prince Charming. And, uh, there's just, there's a lot more to it than that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So what would you say led you to becoming a divorce recovery coach? So I'll take you back a little way so you can kind of hear, hear my story and how that unfolded. So when I was 16 years old, I actually witnessed my mom have an asthma attack in our home and die. And she was only 41 years old. Uh, and then five years later, my dad died of pancreatic cancer and I'm an only child. So by the time I was 21, it was like, thank you. It was like, Mm -hmm. okay, Leah, here's the world. Go figure it out. Right. Go figure out how to, how to live this thing called life. And I didn't realize it at the time, but those losses and the, the traumatic loss of my mom, it, it left me with really deep abandonment issues. And so my coping mm-hmm. mechanism became serial monogamy. I just hopped from one relationship to the next for years because those were like the buoys that were keeping me afloat. If I wasn't in a relationship, I was like, well, who am I? Like, what am I doing on this planet? And mm-hmm. so... I did that for years until my second divorce. And that was really my wake up call. You know, I was like, okay, obviously this isn't working. Something, there's some kind of pattern I'm stuck in. I don't like these results. I really need to figure things out. And so mm-hmm. I did a lot of healing and a lot, I did all the things, you know, I was talking to a therapist and journaling med- meditation. I got really into meditation, you know, books, all kinds of stuff. Then I got to myself to a place kind of like the other side, you know, I got myself to a place where I felt whole and fulfilled and happy on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then I essentially just created a framework for other women who were going through divorce so that they could not do the things I did, right? Like all of the, all the things (laughs) I did wrong after the first divorce, uh, they can learn, learn from me and skip all that trial and error so that they can Mm -hmm. make them, you know, make sure that they're healing and building their self-confidence again and making decisions that will better serve them. Yeah. So after your first divorce, do you feel like you weren't like quite ready for that other relationship or? Definitely not. No, I immediately hopped into a relationship. I, I took no time to heal, to self-reflect, right? To understand mm-hmm. how, what was my role in all of this? Uh, my self-esteem was completely down the toilet. And so really uh, mm-hmm. relationships were, were like the way I was filling those voids in myself. And when you're in that yeah. place, when, when, when that's the space you're choosing your partners from, you're not going to choose the right partners. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's kind of where, where I was at at that point. Yeah. So would you say if you're finding yourself trying to fill that empty space through a relationship, would you say that maybe you feel the same way about your relationship about yourself? Well, when you're doing, so, so that's the deep work, right? Is making sure that you're strengthening the relationship you have with yourself. Yes. Because if you're like, we date at the same level as our self-esteem essentially. So if you're not Mm -hmm. in a good place, if you don't see your worth, if you don't know who you are and what you want, right. If you don't love yourself, 
those are essentially the kind of people that you're also going to be attracting and you're going to be starting relationships for the wrong reasons. So it's so important to get yourself to a place where you like yourself. You, You like yourself. You know what you have to offer. You know what you want. You know what you don't want, right? You can, you know, what kinds of things you don't want to repeat in the future. And you've forgive yourself for your mistakes and you get to a place where you're not so critical. And when you do all that and you, you feel good about who you are, you're a lot more picky about the people that you kind of invite into your world. Mm. It's almost like, wow, I've been going for the same guys and I'm dealing with the same situations or same patterns and there's something must be here but I guess we have to be aware of it first. Yeah, and that's the tough part. And sometimes that's where our like coaches come in, right? Because we all have our blind spots. We're all mm-hmm. just kind of a pile of patterns walking around, right? And so it's, sometimes it's hard for us to challenge our own beliefs or, or break patterns that we don't even realize we're caught up in. And so, yeah, so, and that's why for me, after, like I said, after my second divorce, I got really into meditating and I still do now to this day it's such a great tool because it cultivates self-awareness. It helps you kind of observe yourself and observe your thoughts, which puts you in the driver's seat. It gives you that power then to choose new thoughts and to make different decisions, which gives you different results. Yeah. New reality. Yes. Mm. Yes. So moving into like shame and guilt, what is the difference between those two emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you kind of hear them used like interchangeably, right? Like guilt and shame, mm-hmm. you don't really know. So in a nutshell, guilt is a feeling of remorse for doing something that you are labeling as wrong. So if you, mm-hmm. if you made someone feel bad or if you did something that you think is wrong, shame is how you view yourself or how you think others view you, who you are as a person. So like Mm -hmm. you're a bad person or you're not good enough or something is wrong with you, kind of that inner dialogue that you have with yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then do you find that with your clients, do you find them feeling both or? Definitely, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, because shame almost comes from society and this this stigma that we still have around divorce. People, when they when they hear divorce or they t- tell people that they're divorced, they feel like that means that they're damaged or that something's wrong mm-hmm. with them or that they're not good enough or that they're a failure, right? And then guilt comes from was this the right decision for my kids? Is this ruining my kids? Am I hurting so am I hurting his feelings by leaving? He wanted to work it out. I didn't, right? That that's like who who am I letting down? What promises am I am I breaking? How can we just begin to release those feelings so that we're not just stuck in it almost feels like a trap sensation when you're mm-hmm. in those shame and guilt cycles. So how can we break free of those? Yeah, those can last for years. Um So, I mean, the best thing really is cultivating that self-awareness. So one of the easiest tools that that anyone can use is to start journaling because it helps you work through those thoughts and those feelings, helps you process them. It helps you, once you get it out of your brain and onto paper, it gives you an opportunity to see things more objectively that maybe you Mm -hmm. couldn't see as clearly when it was still all, you know, in your brain. And sometimes you 
you even get answers to questions that you didn't know you had and it tracks your progress, right? So it's just, it's such a good tool. When you cultivate that self-awareness and pay attention to the conversations that you are having with you about you, right? Mm. What are you saying to yourself? What is that internal dialogue? When you get control of that and your thoughts, that's going to immediately change the way that you feel about yourself because all of that stuff that guilt and then sh- and that shame it all boils down to that inner critic that inner dialogue and so it's shifting that mm. which changes the way that you feel mm. do you have like any sort of personal examples of a time when you started to just become aware of it and release it mm-hmm. well one of the best things for me was using positive affirmations and I still do I use affirmations every single day you know I had heard of them I mean I had heard people talking about it and you know I didn't really know a lot about it and when I first mm-hmm. started speaking them it really just felt like I was just lying to myself because I didn't believe the things that I was saying yet right but yeah I just I read that it would just keep saying it and essentially here's what's happening whether you realize it or not, you already use affirmations. You're probably just using ones that make you feel bad about yourself. So you have to train yeah. your brain. And so affirmations are a way to reprogram your subconscious. It's a way of just speaking things into belief, essentially. So the more mm-hmm. you say these things, I am whole, I am happy, I'm healing more every day, I forgive myself for my mistakes, right? I'm, I'm learning more every day, I'm letting myself evolve. Any any affirmation that, make you, that, that resonates with you, the more you speak them, the more you believe them and Mm -hmm. so you're retraining your brain and when you do that it has a direct effect on the way you actually feel so that's a really great tool and easy tool to start with Mm. and uh you did mention that shame and guilt can can last for years so if one of your clients has has been feeling this way for years and years does that look different from somebody who just um, went through something like a divorce recently? Sometimes, yeah. A lot of my clients are in more of the earlier stages. I, I don't have a lot mm-hmm. of clients who come to me when it's been that long after their divorce. Usually they come to me during that time so that we can get their healing on track and give them some tools. If you are someone who has held on to a lot of that guilt and shame for a longer period of time, that takes a huge hit on your self-esteem and your confidence. Mm-hmm. So chances are they're really dealing with some self-worth issues, self-esteem. And so that would definitely be something that we would have to dive into. When it lasts for years, like the shame and guilt, I feel like we're just like holding on to it. We're choosing to keep it in our heart spaces. So what is actually, when these feelings come up, what is like the best way to actually process it so that it can just kind of release out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a really good start is just letting it happen, right? Because often mm-hmm. when we have these feelings that are uncomfortable, we want to resist them. We don't want to feel those things. We don't we don't want to be thinking those things. And so we distract mm-hmm. ourselves or we eat or we drink or we hop back on the dating apps or we do these other things to try to alleviate those uncomfortable feelings, right? So when you're, Mm -hmm. when you have those feelings come up, allow them to create space for those things to come up and then just kind of acknowledge them 
Yeah. And then try to get a better understanding of where they're really coming from. Because we don't get any kind of emotion without a thought first, right? A thought mm-hmm. happens in our brain first that triggers an actual feeling that we have in ourselves, right? So, and that's anything of happy feelings or feelings that are uncomfortable. So again, when we can cultivate that self-awareness and you're feeling these uncomfortable feelings, let it take space, let it just kind of have its, have its moment. And then just try without judgment to trace mm-hmm. back to what thoughts maybe brought that up. And then you can kind of dive in there and maybe get more to the root of what is triggering those feelings. Yeah. And, and how would you say we find that root and identify it? Yeah. Well, when you're doing it yourself, it is tougher. So this is part of my job, right? Is, is asking the right questions to the, to mm-hmm. my clients to help kind of draw that stuff out because everyone's different. Everyone has different thoughts. Everyone has different, I mean, some of this stuff goes back to childhood of, of the beliefs that they had started in kind of relationship they had with their parents, right? Everything's mm-hmm. different. So I think it's really just as asking yourself, if you're feeling a feeling, it's asking yourself, okay, well, what, what am I thinking? What are the thoughts that are going through my mind? Mm-hmm. Because that is what's making this feeling happen in, inside of myself. And again, going yeah. back to even journaling, if you're, if you're on your own and you're doing it by yourself, work through it by just getting it out, writing it down. You know, here's how I'm feeling. If I think about where that came from or what thoughts are going through my mind, here it is. And when you can kind of get it down, you start to uncover things yourself, right? Even if you're doing mm-hmm. it for a week or a month, you can go back and you can find things that repeat or make sense. You can kind of put yeah. pieces of the puzzle together. Mm, like a whole picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, and I love that you can just kind of create more pieces of evidence for yourself to really like discover and understand more about those triggers and and the thoughts that you're having. So that's a really good practice. Mm-hmm. Thank you yes. for sharing. Yes, you're welcome. For those going through a divorce and in the process of recovery, how can they start to come to a place of self-forgiveness? So a lot of that just comes from acceptance, accepting what cannot be changed. Uh, when we're not forgiving ourselves, when we're essentially punish, punishing ourselves, it's it's about things that already happened, right? I mean, unless you have a time machine in your closet that you could step into and go back and do things differently, there's nothing you could do about it. And so holding on to the past and holding on to things that can't be changed is just a, an energy drain. You're just giving your mm-hmm. power away. So that forgiveness comes from accepting these are things that happened. They're, I did the best I could with what I knew at the time. I can't change anything and I don't deserve to suffer because of these you know, mistakes, these so-called mistakes. And so the best thing to do is to try to find the wisdom. What did you learn? Mm-hmm. You know, what kinds of things do you know now that you didn't know before? Uh, how did you evolve? How did you grow? What, what wisdom can you pull from that scenario and bring with you into the next chapter so that you make better choices that maybe are aligned with who you want to be when you can find Mm -hmm. that and find the silver linings. I mean, that's a great way to find acceptance and forgive yourself is try to find even the smallest silver linings. How, how is this beneficial? How is this a good thing? How do, how, how is what happened a way uh, for me to 
grow or blossom, right? And like pull that into this next phase of my life so that I can continue to evolve and make choices that are more aligned with who I want to be. Like finding, finding those blessings that we may not have seen before. Yes. Yes. Mm. Even small stuff, you know, when you're going through a divorce, it's, it's sometimes that's really hard to do, like find the silver linings because your life is in total upheaval and there's a lot mm. that you feel like you're losing or it's almost like a death, but it could be small, small things. Like maybe now you get the whole bed to yourself, right? Like that's nice. You don't have to clean up after somebody. You don't, you know, you get mm. to spend or save your money the way you want to, right? Just those little things. Like what can you do now that you couldn't do before? Try to find those little silver linings, and that changes your perspective. It, it, it brings you more into a, that state of gratitude. Hmm. Yeah. And as a divorce, divorce recovery coach, how do you guide your clients to overcome feelings of failure or divorce guilt? So failure is also all about that conversation you're having with yourself. And so Mm -hmm. it's about just changing your perspective about the situations. For me, I really don't believe that a divorce is a failure. It would be a failure to stay in a relationship that isn't good for you, right? Mm -hmm. You aren't the failure. So it's important to not identify as that, right? It's like you don't make your divorce mean something about who you are. It's just something that you experienced. And so you have to just be really careful about the perspective you're taking because the success of a marriage isn't determined by how many anniversaries you can make it to. There's a lot more that goes into it. And if a marriage came to an end, it ran its course, that's not even necessarily anyone's fault. People, Mm -hmm. nobody gets married thinking that they're going to get divorced, you know, and nobody just wakes up and decides to get a divorce for no reason. There's always many, many reasons that are kind of stuck up until somebody hits their breaking point. And so it's really just kind of reminding them of those things so that they can allow themselves to make choices that are best for them. Yeah. My parents actually got a divorce when I was four. Afterwards, like they have gotten in numerous relationships afterwards and were married numerous times Mm -hmm. so i feel like for the both of them that they could have benefited from like either seeing a coach or seeing a therapist to really just get a deeper dive into maybe why it didn't go so well Mm -hmm. or what could have been better but yeah i think i think asking for help is always it's it's never gonna hurt when Mm -hmm. you ask for help it's huge and it's also taking responsibility, right? And it's Mm -hmm. not about the blame game, but it's very easy to say, well, this happened because of this. He did this. It's his fault. He never, he should have done this. He never did this. Right. But what role did you play? You, you played a role, right? So where were you Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally when you started that relationship? What boundaries were you not setting? What red flags maybe did you miss or ignore? What role did you play? When you self-reflect, that is so empowering and that helps you, again, it cultivates self-awareness, right? It gives you a better idea of why you're making the choices that you're making. And then you make better ones in the future. And so that's what I had to do after my second divorce. It was like, okay, well, yes, these people, like there was reasons why this didn't work, but like, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? 
right? Like why, yeah. why, why am I choosing these partners to begin with? What is my role? And that's when I really did that deep dive and figured out it was the abandonment issues. It was, I had this fear of being alone. And so out of that fear, I was settling in relationships. And so mm. that empowered me to face that fear so that I was no longer afraid of being alone. And then I was able to make different choices. Yeah. And, and how would you say you got over that fear of being alone? Doing it. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. doing it. And you don't die. You know, um, <laughs> I think really it's, it's almost like it's the fear of loneliness, right? You can be mm -hmm. alone, but that fear of, am I lonely or, or is not being in a relationship? Does that mean I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of a relationship or I'm hard to love? right? Those conversations mm -hmm. that we have with ourselves. And so when you get to a place where you learn to just meet your own needs and enjoy your own company and create a life that's fulfilling with hobbies and creative outlets and friends and family and just doing things that you enjoy, you can have a, a, life, a wonderful life. You don't have to be in a relationship, right? You can still want one. Like I've always, yeah. I, I prefer to be, you know, in a relationship, but I didn't need one to be happy. Mm -hmm. I could, I could just make myself happy. I think that's the, the huge difference. Yeah. And it's not like the cake. Like, I feel like we are yeah. that foundation. We are the cake. Yes. It's like the they're, icing they're just on the top. on top. That's right. You don't, you don't need it. It just makes it a little sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then what about a woman who is going through a divorce, how can they start to rebuild their self-esteem and their confidence? Mm -hmm. So one of the, the best things to do, well, first of all, is exercise, get your body moving, lift heavy things, right? Because exercising, I mean, this is study after study is proven to boost your mood. It helps with anxiety and depression. It builds your confidence. You know, it releases all those feel good chemicals in your brain. So that's a great start. It, it, when you take care of your body, you feel better. You have, you feel, you have more confidence, but mm -hmm. also creative outlets. They're so important because not only is that going to help you pass the time, help you find fulfillment, right? Help you understand who you are, get to know yourself a little bit better, but it also provides opportunities to meet more like-minded people, right? And creative mm -hmm. outlets help you build your confidence. You're, you're finding what you're good at and something that you enjoy. And the longer you do it, the better you get. After my second divorce, so I, I had always loved to sing, but I had never really sung in front of anyone. I, I was singing my whole life. My dad was a musician, but I had never sung, you know, performed in front of anyone. So after my second divorce, I was like, you know what? I'm going to join a band. I'm just going to do it. And so I found, I look online and I found a, a local band who was looking for a lead vocalist. And so I drove 45 <gasps> minutes to the audition. I was listening to a confidence hypnosis app, trying to pump myself up the whole <laughs> ride there. I was, when I got there, I was like shaking and sweating. I mean, I was so, so nervous, but I just, I, I told myself, I said, no matter what happens, I am just so proud of myself for even showing up because this is mm -hmm. so outside of my comfort zone. And so I'm just, I'm just proud of myself for even being here. But I, I walked up to the mic. I gave it all, all that I had, right? It was like a few songs and I, I actually ended up getting the role. You know, I didn't even know, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And 
but it became something that I just, I loved so much. And even to this day, I still do it. I'm in a different band, but I still sing. And it's just, it's such a fulfilling part of my life. You know, my, my confidence skyrocketed. I was introduced to so many people, you know, different people, kind of a whole new world of people. And it's just something that's for me, something I enjoy, something I look forward to. It, it brings me passion and fulfillment. And so you really can open up a whole new world for yourself just following that flow, those those creative outlets that you're just naturally drawn to, right? Because everyone's different. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like to paint. Some people, you know, I mean, whatever that is, this is the time. Like when you're, when you're Mm -hmm. kind of going through this transition and you're like, who am I? What do I want next? This is the time to like explore and experiment and discover and just do all the things until you find what feels right for you. Wow. So inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) Like so inspiring. I actually, I want to start getting into singing myself and possibly hire a singing coach. Yes, do it. I took vocal lessons (laughs) several times in my life. Oh, it's just so much fun. It's just fun. Like, do it for you, right? Just do it for you. I find, like, my pitch, certain songs, it's hard. It's hard to, like, hit it. I'm like, Just practice. (laughs) It's just practice. You you can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you focus on finding ways to bring more joy and to spark our sense of creativity because I feel like that's it's like that passion reignites within us yeah and it's a remembering of oh wow like I am amazing and life it can be fun and it doesn't have to be with somebody else like I can choose my own fun choose my own path and Mm live a life of enjoyment. Yeah. And when you push yourself outside of that comfort zone, that's where that confidence builds, right? Because too many times I see people not doing things because they're like waiting to get the confidence to do the thing, right? Like, oh, I want to do this thing, but I, I don't have like the confidence yet. It's like, that's backwards. Like confidence comes after you do it and don't die. And then you're like, oh, I did look at me. I, well, if I could do that, maybe I could do this. Or if I could do this, maybe mm-hmm. I could do that. You know, it's like, you have to do the thing scared. And then when you do it, yeah. your confidence builds. And so it's pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Even if that's like, I'm just going to take myself out to dinner. You know, that is way outside a lot of people's comfort zone. Like that's something that some people are like, oh my God, you know, but it's so yeah. empowering because what, who cares? Like what, but why do we care what people think? You know what I'm saying? Just go and yeah. enjoy it. Like order dessert, like stay, hang out and just enjoy your own company. You have to kind of just push yourself outside of those limits that you've placed around yourself and you you open up a whole new world for yourself Mm -hmm. like knocking down those walls and seeing what's on the other side because there could just be you know that next level confident version of yourself who's just on the other side of that yes and it helps you not feel so codependent in relationships too. You know, that was me. I thought, well, relationship will make me happy, right? If I find someone who loves me, then I'll be happy. But even Mm -hmm. in, you know, now this took years of, of learning things the hard way, but even when you're in a really healthy relationship, you're still responsible for your own happiness. It's not your partner's job. It's not their job to fulfill you. It's not their job to make you happy, right? Your partners, but you're responsible for you forever and always. So practice it now, like whether you're in a relationship or not, you've got to meet your own needs and and find what makes you happy and fulfilled. Yeah. And I even find myself, I'm in a long-term relationship right now of almost 10 years. So our anniversary is in 
Six days, I think. Yeah, six. Happy anniversary. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Some, sometimes I find myself like almost forgetting, oh, wait, like I haven't made some time to prioritize my painting because I do love to paint or I haven't made time to um, do my yoga this week. In a relationship, it, it can be hard to balance those things, to like balance putting, uh, making sure you're still prioritizing like what you enjoy yeah. and then also like finding things to do together. It's, it's a, it's a work of balance mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think all of life is like that, right? You can't ever, I don't know if balance is even possible. I feel like there's, it's just this constant, these constant balls in the air, right? Like there's always, yeah. your attention is always going to something and then that means it's not on something else. So it's kind of like you just learn to find your flow and just, you know, make time for the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. And and while working with your clients, do you find there's a certain pattern that's coming up most of the time? A lot of it is self-esteem, you know, and the and negative mm-hmm. self-talk. And so, like, here's the thing. Everyone has an inner critic. Everyone. I don't, Even if the most successful people in the world, that inner critic will li- live rent-free in their brains. The only difference is some people get really good at ignoring them. So... Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Every 24 hours, your brain pumps out 60 to 80,000 thoughts. It's mayhem up there. And so just because a thought pops up in your brain, it doesn't make it true, right? So when you have that inner critic in your in your brain all the time, a really easy exercise to start with, a simple exercise, is to give it a name. Actually give that voice a name. I named mine Maxine many years ago. She's very toxic and unsupportive. (laughs) But so when you do that, you're training yourself to separate, right? Your higher self from your inner critic. So that when, after time, when you're, when you're consistent with it, kind of hear that voice saying, you're not good enough, or you're hard to love, or, you know, you look terrible in those jeans, whatever that is, you could say, okay, like I hear you, Maxine, I hear you talking, but I don't have to believe you. I can choose a new thought. I can choose a different uh, belief. And it's almost like mm-hmm. a, you know, a toxic coworker that you have to deal with. You know, they're just kind of there. They're going to talk their talk, but you don't have to believe them. You don't have to trust in their words. Mm, yeah. And don't make it mean something about who you are and, yeah. and make it your truth because I feel like those voices that we hear that are often sometimes critical, yeah, they aren't our true self. Like, I guess we were like all born with like just love, right? Like love was our main source. And then over time, like these messages started to appear mm-hmm. and show themselves mm-hmm. from maybe somebody else. Maybe mm-hmm. we heard these messages from our family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a kind of a, a thing to really do a deep dive on too is sometimes even the people who love you the most what work have they done right what self-work have they done and it's because if they're coming from a place where they're not really in a good place and they're just projecting their own fears and insecurities onto you you can take that in you can take those beliefs and hold them as your own and so it's important to challenge your own beliefs sometimes you know if you if you think these certain things say, okay, well, like, where, when did this start? Where did this come from? Right. And really challenge mm-hmm. it. Sometimes it does goes back to you know, your parents or people that you grew up with and maybe they think a certain way, but that's not your truth. It's just an opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And do you want to share any success stories at all? Well, uh, my own. <laughs> um, but I mean, a lot of my clients, I, I had one uh, client recently who she was married for over 30 years, um, had three children who, you know, they were grown, they were like in their 20s. And she really was struggling with a lot of that guilt because her husband was a good man. It wasn't a toxic situation. They, there wasn't abuse or anything like that. She just felt like she just wasn't with the right partner. She was just not happy. And even in her fifties felt like, you know what, like I deserve to be happy. I still have, you know, lots of years left ahead of me and I don't want to feel like I'm just stuck and settled in this relationship. And so it was just helping her kind of validating her feelings and reminding her that that's okay. And, and that mm -hmm. your happiness is important. You know, your well being takes such a hit when you're doing things that you know are not right for you. And we do those things usually because of what other people think or how, other, how it's going to make someone else feel. And the problem with that is no matter what you do, you can't make everyone else happy. That is a, a, a losing game. It's not a possible, you mm -hmm. can't do it, right? So you have to make yourself happy because you're the only one that can do that. You're responsible for yourself. And so we just worked through some of that, some of that negative self-talk, some of those limiting beliefs and, you know, getting, getting her, her self-esteem back up. And now this is, this has been a little while, um, but she's in a wonderful relationship. So I started working with her because she came back to me recently too. I feel like this was, I feel like we started talking last year and she did a mm -hmm. ton of work on herself. So much work. It was so great. I love seeing her thrive. And then, yes. And then like just recently I'm seeing pictures of her like on getaways, like on these like nice little vacations with her new love. And she's like living Ooh. her best life. And it's just so exciting, you know, because you deserve that. Like you deserve to be happy, right? Like life, mm -hmm. life, is, life is short, life is short. Yeah, and just because if you're going through a divorce doesn't mean that there's going to never be a happy ending for you. Yes. You know? Yeah, so divorce mm -hmm. is uh, an ending uh, of one kind, but it really is also a beginning. Yeah. And where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on almost all the social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. My handle is at Mindfully Ready. That's Mindfully Ready. And then you can also just go to my website. It's mindfullyready.com. Um, I have free resources. There's a free empowerment guide and training video to help you gain acceptance and build your self-esteem, gain clarity on what you want next. You can join my private support group there. It's a, a, a Facebook group that's for women only called Divorced and Empowered. And then you can reach out to me. You can book a consultation. I've got online courses. There's workshops. There's private coaching, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. I'll make sure to leave that in the description box so okay. that my listeners can go and follow you Perfect. and check out all of your offers. Thank okay, you. awesome. Yeah, thank you. And my last question, it's kind of like a signature question okay. that I ask all of my guests is what does it mean to blissfully bloom? Mm. So when I hear blissfully bloom, to me, that feels like allowing yourself to be who you truly are and making choices based off of that, like from that place, not spending so much time worrying about what other people would think and really just 
staying in alignment with your truth because that really creates a beautiful life. Thank you for sharing. And that's so wild to me because I think that's, it aligns what, what I do with my coaching business. So I love it. <laughs> so I passed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Leah. I had a wonderful time speaking with you today. Thank you for having me. This was great.